So we've been building up to this gospel for the last few weeks. Four weeks ago, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon immediately said, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus tells Simon that it wasn't mere flesh and blood who revealed this, but his own heavenly father. That it was by divine inspiration that Simon would know that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then the next Sunday we heard from the gospel, picked up where we left off the week before, and Jesus explains to them who he is as the Messiah, that he has come to suffer, that he will be rejected by their religious leaders, that he will die, but on the third day he will rise. And Peter looks at Jesus and says, God forbid any such thing should happen to you. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for your thinking as human beings do, not as God. And then the last two Sundays, we've heard about mercy and forgiveness. And last week, Jesus says that we're not to call, we're not to forgive just only seven times, as Peter thought, but 77 times. And we're called to forgive each other from the heart. Not just from the mind saying, I forgive you, but from the heart. And that leads us to the gospel today. We hear this strange parable about working in a vineyard, some for 12 hours out of the day, some for only nine, some for only six, and some for only one hour. But each gets paid the same amount. Hardly seems fair to us, does it? Those of us with that good work ethic that we have, how could we work 12 hours out of one day and get the same pay of someone who only worked one hour? But it goes back to what Jesus said. Thinking like God, not thinking like human beings. And so we heard in that first reading from Isaiah, God says, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So high above your ways are my ways, and so high above your thoughts are my thoughts. And yes, there are times where we can be like Simon, and we can have that divine inspiration of God, and we can think like God. But then when things don't go according to what our preconceived ideas or our plans are, then we tend to fall back on our human thinking instead of remaining inspired by the Holy Spirit to think like God. We heard in that second reading from St. Paul to the Philippians, he says he knows what lies ahead of him. He knows that his promise is the glory of heaven. And so he longs to be united fully with Christ in heaven. But he also knows that he is needed on this earth. That he is needed to preach and to teach and to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. To bring others to faith. So while he longs to be fully united with Christ, he also knows that he's got work to do before Christ calls him home. And so the moral of this parable is not about money as being the reward and the goal, 
It's about heaven. That the ultimate goal and the ultimate reward of our work in God's vineyard, the world, is eternal life with God. Which led me to think this morning, what's the difference between someone who's successful in life and someone who's not successful? It's knowing the goal. It's knowing what the prize is and not letting anything get in the way of attaining that goal. It also takes flexibility. It takes flexibility when the world throws things at us that aren't of our plan, that want to try to keep us from attaining that goal, to be flexible but yet persevering to attain the goal, to change course when we need to. And ultimately, our thoughts need to be God's thoughts. Our ways need to be God's ways. For God desires for each and every one of us to spend eternity united with Him in heaven. Do we think about that on a daily basis? It really was driven home to me this week when I got several voicemails, several text messages on Tuesday while I was in a staff meeting here and had my phone turned off, but turned it back on and my phone nearly blew up with these text messages and these voicemails. And when I started looking at the names, I thought, what's the connection here? And then I realized when I called one of the people, that one of my good friends from up home in a family, that their 24-year-old son had had a serious accident. And then I found out that he died. He didn't make it. But yet, being a faith-filled family, when his father got to the accident scene, his son was still able to talk to him. And he said, son, have you prayed your act of contrition? He goes, dad, I've prayed several. And he was clutching the cross around his neck. And they were all hoping that he would make it. But he didn't. He was engaged, ready to be married this coming January, was building a house. In fact, the basement was already dug and poured, and my nephew actually saw him a couple weeks before that and waterproofed his basement. He had all these plans as a 24-year-old of a bright future ahead of him, full of life, full of love, full of family. But the plans were changed in an instant. So different are God's thoughts and God's ways from ours. But his mom and his dad and the rest of the family and us, as broken up as we are about his loss, we also see the blessings. Because they raised their son to know that heaven was his goal. That this life, as great as it is, is not the be-all and end-all. That this life isn't where we are called to spend eternity, but it is the next life in heaven with God. And so Evan, Evan went forth from this life 
full of confidence, full of hope, and that promise of eternal life that God had for him. And it might seem cruel to have a bright future full of wonderful things ahead, ended so quickly. But God is not cruel. God did not cause his death, but God had prepared him from the day that he was conceived in his mother's womb. And his family and his friends supported him in the faith as he supported them. That all happened on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And if there's anyone who knows the pain of losing a child, it's our Blessed Mother. And so she envelops all those who grieve with her mantle of love. So we, we all remember, we have a limited time on this earth, not to take it or each other for granted, to live each day to the full and to realize that our goal is heaven. Evan was wise beyond his years. One of his favorite sayings, which they put on the funeral program, if you're afraid to die, then you're afraid to live. I pray that none of us are afraid to die or afraid to live, knowing that God embraces each one of us and longs for the day when he can say to us, welcome home, my child.